0: There are so many stories out there that we wanted to share with you, but some of these stories just don't need an entire episode. So this show is gonna be a little different. I wanna present two completely separate bite-sized stories. The first is about a small little phrase that's become one of the most recognizable sounds in recent history. And later in the show, we'll hear about the creation of a brand new spin on a modern musical instrument. So without further ado, this is Jack Dearlove reporting our first story.
1: So I'm sitting here on my phone, and currently I have 17 unread emails. Most are spam, uh, there are a couple of newsletters, there's something from a letting agent I probably should look at more carefully. But it got me thinking, it wasn't always like this. Do you remember when checking your email was a pretty major process? Turn on your computer, dial up, log in, wait for it all to load. I mean, you probably still had 17 unread emails waiting for you, but you were the boss of when they were looked at, rather than your phone. And there was something else about that era of email that was pretty special. After you've gone through all the process of getting online, you were probably greeted by something that's gone down in internet history. The voice of a guy who tell you, You've got mail. I've been a television broadcaster since I graduated from high school. So this is the man himself. He's called Elwood Edwards. He's now in his mid-sixties. And the story of how he became the voice of AOL starts the same way a lot of stories do. Boy meets girl.
2: I had just purchased a Commodore 64 computer. And in a Christian chat room, I started talking with a woman who was Karen J. Two. I was in uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland, and she was in Fairfax, Virginia. After we had talked for several months, I invited myself over for dinner. She fixed tuna salad, I remember that, and we became inseparable. We were married in December of
1: 1988. What I love about this story is that we still treat relationships that start online like they're a new thing. But this was the 80s. They're definitely not.
2: She was a customer service rep for the company called Quantum Computer Services, which in 1989 became America Online. She overheard Steve Case, one of the principals of America Online. He was discussing with some programmers the idea of adding a voice to the software. Karen volunteered me, and on a cassette deck in my living room, I recorded, welcome, you've got mail. File's done, goodbye.
1: You know, what did you think of it when you kind of heard it for the first time?
2: Well, I've been an announcer, even though you wouldn't know it by my voice today, gee whiz. I've been an announcer my entire broadcasting career. I started in radio while I was in high school then I was always a staff announcer at the various TV stations I worked at. So it was nothing new to me to hear my voice coming out of a little speaker. I didn't really think anything
1: of it at the time. I didn't really think anything of it at the time. It was just an average day in a series of average days. It was one recording, three little words that are still in use today. I don't think anyone had any idea what it would become.
2: Uh, Certainly, had I realized it at the time, I would now be retired. (laughs) But I'm not. Even today, I have an AOL account, uh, email account. But if you go on AOL.com and then you either open your mail or you create an email account, when you sign on to that and you have new mail, you still hear me say, you've got mail.
1: I will be honest, the the first time I heard that Hell's voice is still there, I couldn't believe it. Uh, So I actually went and signed up for an AOL account myself, like, just to double-check, and yep, there he is. You've got mail. But he's not the only voice you could have had over the years.
2: Along with the history of all of this, AOL used to have an occasional, I guess it was an annual for a while, celebrity voice contest where users of the, of the system could change from the default voice, mine, to the voice of various celebrities who had recorded their phrases as well. I know uh, Mick Jagger said, you got some letters. But fewer than 20% of the AOL subscribers throughout the years had elected to change from my voice.
1: L is really proud of this. You can hear it in its voice. I would
2: like to think they like to hear what I've sounded like. I don't know for sure, but that's what I
1: like to think. <laughs> it's almost like you've got a secret identity, you know? a bit like a superhero.
2: Yeah, right? that's that's sort of true, yeah. It's not something I go around blowing my horn about, you know. My ex-wife used to be my greatest cheerleader. She would be the one who would open up the conversations, you know, and then then people would have me perform, if you would. I was on uh, The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Elwood! They had me do the welcome, you've got mail. And then they had me say some other things. Thank you for coming on the show, Elwood. Uh, Now, to prove that it's really you, can you say the classic you've got mail line? Welcome, you've got mail. That's worth the price of admission, right there. That's enough. Yeah. Uh, now we, we've got some other phrases we'd love for you to say. Uh, so whenever you're ready, just read the cue cards if you. Yeah. Uptown Funk. <laughs> Adele. Dazim. <laughs> Files done. Goodbye. Files done. Thank you, buddy. That was a great deal of fun, and I really appreciated the recognition. And I was slightly taken aback by. The audience reaction it was rather thunderous in the studio which i had not expected
1: this is a guy who's been famous for decades but he talks about going on a show watched by millions on tv and online all around the world like it was just a nice day out and maybe that's it he could be milking his fame for everything it's worth but he's not he's just happy to have been part of your life do you ever get tired of it at all
2: no, 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 not at all. If anything, I enjoy uh, the look on people's faces when they realize who I am. At the TV station where I work, I'm I'm a news editor. I run uh, the studio cameras. I'm really kind of a behind-the-scenes kind of person. I've never been one to to, to really want to be uh, in the limelight. But it's quite gratifying when somebody does realize. Uh, who I am, and and their reaction to that knowledge. Our world is full of people who were in the right place at the right time, and I'm, I'm glad to be one of those.
0: The decision to add a voice to America Online probably felt pretty insignificant at the time, but it really became a cultural icon. Elwood was only paid $200 and recorded it on a whim. It was a favor. But this phrase has gone on to be synonymous with the early days of the internet. So much so that even younger generations know the phrase. It made Elwood famous in a unique hidden way. Almost no one would recognize him if they saw him on the street. Case in point, here's Twitter user Brandy Barker finding out that her Uber driver was Elwood.
1: This is my Uber driver and he just told me something very special that he's the voice behind
2: welcome you've got mail
1: no way do it again do it again
2: (laughs) welcome you've got mail
1: yay okay what's your name
2: elwood edwards
1: elwood edwards thank you you bet
0: (laughs) after the break we'll take a look at another story about sound and technology It's about an inventor that combined our oldest instrument with modern technology to create something entirely new. After this... Here's this episode's mystery sound, which is actually a mystery voice. Here it is. What I've discovered is, is there's something absolutely incredible that happens when you
3: don't talk. You know, you, you become, everything becomes very intimate because you're looking at them, they're looking at you. And that intimacy is really thrilling to me.
0: If you think you know who that is, tell me at the web address mystery.20k.org. If you get it right, you'll be entered to win a super soft 20,000 Hertz t-shirt. Indeed finds highly qualified candidates for any job as quickly as possible. That means when you've got a major deadline and need to hire right now, Indeed lets you relax. So how does it work? First, Indeed has 350 million regular visitors each month. In other words, you have a huge group of talented people to choose from. Then, Indeed's AI-powered matching technology helps you pick out the right person for you. It's like searching for a needle in a huge haystack. But with a giant Indeed-shaped magnet. And in an Indeed survey, 93% of those businesses said Indeed delivered the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. Our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Hertz. Just go to indeed.com slash hertz right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire, you need Indeed. The human voice is our oldest instrument. It doesn't take any sort of gear or technology to use it. It's sort of the opposite of modern day synthesizers if you think about it. But naturally, people have tried to blend these two opposites together to create something different and new. Our second story comes from the podcast, Just the Beginning, which is about how independent creators bring their ideas to life. This story is about a husband and wife team that created an instrument called the Electrospit. Put simply, it kind of lets you sing like a robot. This story is reported by Michael Garofalo.
4: A melodic robot. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's a great description. A robot.
4: Who has a soul? <laughs> a robot with a soul. Oh yeah. Welcome, welcome, electro spit. My name is Maya Conte. I am in charge of business strategy, marketing, and cracking the Daily Whip.
3: <laughs> My name is Bosco Conte. My name is Bosco. I'm in charge of engineering, the vision for the company, which is a shared vision. Uh,
4: yeah, I was about to say, I don't know about that.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> We're about to tell you
5: the bag story, y'all. Low, 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 low. I got to see the electrospit when we sat down for this interview, and it looks a little bit like a pair of headphones that you wear around your neck, with the part that you'd normally put over your ears, Bosco calls them sound cups, resting right on your throat. So the way that the electrospit works,
3: the sound comes into the sound cups. If I put it on my neck, it goes through my neck and out of my mouth. It replaces your vocal cords. So if I talk at the same time, you can kind of hear it in the background. But if I open the back of my throat, then now you can hear now you can hear it. Ah, that's what it sounds like.
5: The ElectroSpit is actually based on an older instrument called the Talkbox that was used a lot in the 1970s and early 80s. And that's when Bosco got hooked. I was in middle school
3: at the time and I would ride in my neighbor's 6'5 Impala and he would play zap, more bounce the ounce. And then we would go to the skating rink and they would have breakdancing and popping competitions. And that was the main song for those competitions. Ever since that time, I wanted to know
5: how to make that sound. How do they do that? Bosco went on to spend years mastering his talkbox technique, and he is a master. Bosco is one of the few go-to guys in the music business, and his credits prove it. He's played talkbox on tracks by Bruno Mars and Big Boy. So why is he trying to reinvent it? Well, first of all, the talkbox is notoriously difficult to play. There are some, let's say, basic design flaws. For example, you have to try to sing while you're holding a plastic tube in your mouth.
3: And if you hold it in the wrong place, it doesn't sound right. And even if you hold it in the right place, it still sounds like you have a tube in your mouth. (laughs) And then there's Kanye. Kanye, okay. <laughs> so I had the opportunity to play live on the American Music Awards with Kanye West because I did this song called Kanye's Workout Plan that I wrote, and there's a big Talk Box solo. But before the show, they're talking about what the performance is going to be like, and it's going to have all these dancers, and you're going to be moving around.
4: Because they were doing like a workout routine, right? Dance and routine.
3: The Talk Box is not mobile. So I'm going to have to lip sync. Which sucks because this is my big moment to like show everybody in the world, you know, how great of a talk boxer I am. And and no, I'm out there doing a Milli Vanilli. That was the inspiration there for Electrospit.
4: Some of our early prototypes, we had like a person with a keyboard tie and <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> with, like,
4: you know, how they have those snorkeling things where they have the thing in their nose or what It's like, maybe we can do that.
3: Oh, yeah. I had, like, an attachment to the tube. Like, I thought of the talk box as the tube. But and
4: when the more you thought about it, it's like, that makes it so you can't share it because it makes it unsanitary. And that means that less people can use it like When you go to a studio, anybody can pick up a guitar, right? But if somebody has a spare talk box laying around, unless you have a clean tube, nobody wants to touch that thing.
5: There was maybe no one more qualified to bring the talk box into the 21st century than Bosco. He's not only a musician, he's also a mechanical engineer. He got his first big break in the music industry while he was still in college when he was commissioned to do the theme song for the TV show In Living Color. And it seems Bosco's particular brand of genius that combines music and technology, it runs in his family. My mom plays French horn. My grandmother plays
3: trumpet. My aunt plays trumpet. My other aunt plays guitar and sings. So, you know, Christmas carols are very lively. And that was I like sit a...
4: silently. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: music was a huge part of our family. And then in addition, everybody in my family did math. My mom is a math—she was a math professor, and now she's a civil engineer. My grandmother was a math professor, but before that, she was working as an electrical engineer, and she was actually part of the team that invented the microwave. My mom's first cousin
5: invented the laser. Like I said, Bosco seemed destined to build this instrument. And with a backstory like this, it makes sense that Bosco and Maya really do consider Electrospit a family business. Even if what they're doing doesn't exactly look like a mom and pop type of thing. Everything for us is family, you know?
4: Yeah, everything. Um, Yeah,
5: it's just just everything.
4: (laughs) Some people are like, how do you work together and live together and you're married. And I was like, well, we actually really do like each other. So. Right.
3: That's right. <laughs> but when we first got together, Maya had
4: come from the corporate world. There was some learning to be done about Definitely. what looks like work. Entertainment looked like kick it time to me. Like, oh, it's like he's like, no, this is a business meeting. I was like, no, you're having drinks.
3: And I had never had a quote unquote job. I mean, I was.
4: You've always been an entrepreneur.
3: I've always and been. And People
4: don't think of that as a job, but it's so much more grueling than a job because nobody <laughs> tells you what to do. There's no set hours. Like, he had way more of a job than anybody that I've ever known. Like, he... Well,
3: yeah. If I didn't sell this particular song, then I wasn't going to be able to pay my mortgage. So initially, anytime we would face some adversity in our entrepreneurial <laughs> ventures, Maya would, she start looking at the job Job boards. The and the I'd be, boards. like,
4: applying for <laughs> jobs and stuff. Right. I mean, it was like, you're just fooling yourself.
3: You're just wasting but- time. Now, when we face some type of adversity or challenge, but we can do it. We can figure this out. We're going to get we're creative. We're doing it.
4: It's always we're See, doing it.
3: We're, we're doing it. It's done. Consider it done. Yeah. Initially, she looked at Electro Spit as this is Bosco's thing. That's you know, true. He's the producer. He plays talk uh, box. There's this yeah. crucial
4: turning point where... Our son was trying to give me a compliment, and he goes, Mommy, you know, maybe when I grow up, I want to be a music helper like you. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm
0: a boss.
5: (laughs) And how about their son? Even though he's still in elementary school, he's already angling to take over the family business.
4: At his school, they had a project called the living history of hip-hop. His dad came in as a part of that whole project and did a demonstration of the electro spit, and all the kids got up and tried it. And then after school that day, our son said, okay, so I need to be the salesman for the fourth grade because he said <laughs> everybody in a class says that they each have like $100, so I think that's like a good price point around $100. I was like, oh, yeah, you're the fourth grade and you're nine years old and you're trying to, you know, basically pimp out <laughs> your classmates to buy the Electro Spit.
5: When I spoke to Bosco and Maya, the Electro Spit was just about to go into production. And I couldn't help but notice that as they talked about the upcoming release, they sounded a bit like parents watching their kid grow
0: up.
3: You know, the talk box is going to be out there and people are going to do all kinds of stuff. And I know that there's going to be some kid that's going to pick it up and be 10 times better than me and play it upside down or behind his back. We don't
4: don't want to put any limitations on it. We're just excited to see what other people do. I can see the future and I see no limits, especially if I see you in it.
2: We are not a gimmick.
0: That story came from our friends at the Just the Beginning podcast. The hosts are Zakia Gibbons and Nick Ullman, and they present some fantastic stories on creatives making their dreams become a reality. So take a moment to go find it and hit that subscribe button. You can also find out more about the Electrospit at electrospit.com. Look, Merritt Lake in the morning sun.
3: Spending dreams by the end of recording sun. Can't afford to run from that
0: 20,000 Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team dedicated to making television, film, and games sound incredible. Find out more at DeFactoSound.com. This episode was produced by Colin DeVarney. And me, Dallas Taylor. With help from Sam Sneebly. It was sound edited by Soren Bejan, and mixed by Jai Berger. Thanks to reporter Jack Dearlove and the Just the Beginning podcast for letting us share their stories. And if you happen to live in London, Jack actually made an awesome app that tells you the status of the London Tube through emojis. So go check that out at tubemoji.com. Also, if you've heard any other great stories about sound or read an article about sound, be sure to send it to us. You can do that by writing us on Twitter, Facebook, or by email at hi20k.org. At Seriously, my favorite part of doing this show is hearing from listeners, so don't be shy. Thanks for listening.